Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan. past the hour, time for another Milwaukee sports timeout. Our weekly chat with our guy, Tim Dillon. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tiller. Of course, check out Brewers Unfiltered over at uh, Brewers.com or on your Odyssey app with Sophia Minnert, Adam McKelvey, and our guy, Tim Dillon. Of course, his weekly appearance brought to you by Fourth Base Restaurant. Uh, think steak, think seafood. Think lobster, think burgers, beer, the iconic Major League Baseball uh, bar from the movie. Just uh, a great place to go eat. High-end food, delicious. Go check it out today. Tim Dillard, I was just reading a piece uh, from BrewerFanatic.com, and they had a big story on on the lack of power that the Brewers have this year, uh, among the worst as far as home runs go, uh, and how that may or may not translate to the playoffs where usually power tends to win uh, in the MLB postseason. Uh, Do you ever think that way and try and make that correlation? Well, I mean, everybody wants power. I want nine guys in my lineup that hit home runs every time up. So... Everybody, go do that. No. Who, who knows how a team's going to shake out or who's going to, you know, who they're going to face. Or, you know, it's, it's tough to get on to guys for like, hey, you should hit more home runs. Uh, because baseball sometimes just doesn't work that way. Uh, but what I enjoy is the fact that they're, they're still putting up as many runs as they need at times. And, and honestly, they're, they've won 20 of their last 29, so that's good. But they're doing some small things that in the past they just didn't do. Uh, when they relied on the home run, a lot of times they would lose just because they were trying to hit a home run. But now we're seeing more sack bunts. Right now they have more sack flies in September than anybody else. That's with 10 sack flies. That's pretty legit. And they're getting their stolen bases. I mean, they've stolen like seven bases in the last three games. So uh, it, it's all about putting pressure on the pitcher. Um, you know, home runs, people love home runs, and they'll come. But at the same time, if that's what your whole team is geared around, then you better be the Braves because otherwise it's not going to work. Now, see, that, that's the thing for me. It, it, I was going back and forth with my buddy uh, last night about this because we're talking about first base next year and who's out there and so forth. And I, I am just, I've, I've had my fill of the 220 uh, hitter that has like a 295 on base percentage, but he hits 25 homers. So I want to add him to our roster. I, I want the higher average guys that get on base consistently, even if they don't provide a ton of power. Well, I mean, look at the Yankees. The Yankees were not built towards these new rules. The new rules have absolutely decimated the Yankees because they feel they realize they can't have seven DHs in the lineup. Right. You can't have guys that can't steal bases or you can't have guys that just are all or nothing. Because if I'm a pitcher and all you're trying to do is hit a home run, all I have to do is keep you from doing that. And we saw pitcher after pitcher do this against the Brewers in the past. 
And I think the way the rules are playing out now is there's more ways to beat a team than just, hey, I'm going to try to hit a ball further and play those odds and statistics. So it's really fun to say everybody loves power, but at the end of the day, if your whole team's built around that kind of stuff, um, it, it's not always going to translate, especially now with some of these new rules. What happened the other night with Adam Wainwright uh, kind of uh, owning the Brewers in his start? That dude came in with like an 8 ERA, but of course, he's still Adam Wainwright regardless of what his ERA says, and he has seen the Brewers uh, obviously a bunch, maybe not this specific Brewers roster, but what was the struggles really for the Brewers team in that game? Well, I think they just ran into a guy that's just got super you know, built-up innings, you know, pitches. He's He's done it all. He's been there, and he had a big milestone on the line to get to 200 wins. Uh, he had just won his last start, so he was at 199. And I think it was a combination of, of him just being focused up. Because, I mean, he only was going to have maybe one other chance to win at home to get his 200th win. Right. And by watching their defense play, there were people diving everywhere. I think they knew the assignment. And the bullpen for them was good. Helsley in particular came in and closed the door. But for Wainwright in particular – uh, I actually spoke with him. I was talking to some guys in front of the dugout uh, before yesterday's game, and he came up and we spoke for a moment. And they were making fun of him, actually, before the game because they were looking in the bullpen from the dugout, and Jason Isringhausen was talking about how he was like, I hope those aren't fastballs because he could see an, an arch <laughs> in the fastball going home. And that's what they were making fun of. And Wainwright, you know, kind of kind of said, yeah, like it, it was not coming out good in the bullpen. And, you know, as, as a guy that, you know, when you have a lot of innings and you've been around a while, you can talk to pitchers in such a way. Of, I was like, well, sometimes that's a good sign. Sometimes it's a bad sign. And Wainwright's like, that's what I said. I didn't know which way it was going to go. But honestly, some of the better starts that I've had just personally, obviously in AAA, not at the big league level, but – uh, it comes from knowing, going to the mound, about to face a hitter, knowing I don't have my good stuff today. What is something about that? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's almost like I have to be extra perfect. You know, like you, it's it's almost like you get an ultra focus. And honestly, that's what I saw in the first couple innings from Wainwright. I'm like, yeah, he had a few walks, but everything that he threw was on the corner, up, down, left, right. Nothing was in the middle of the zone. And I think he knew he wasn't going to strike out a ton, so he was. He's like, I'm just going to make sure they don't hit it out of the park. I, I'm going to, because I, I love this these type of conversations when you and I get into them. So what then, what kind of position does that put the catcher in then? You know, if you're not throwing it necessarily great as you come out to, to start the game, obviously you guys have a game plan kind of going in. Is it, so we're still going to just do what we said we're going to do? Or sometimes is there an adjustment made based on what happens before the game? You know, sometimes you have to make an adjustment. You could go over a game plan and get everything in place and, you know, pitching coaches involved and, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do. All right. And then you go to the bullpen and you start throwing and you're like, all right, scrap everything. We, you know, this is just hang on tight, get the bullpen on alert. You know, um, I threw, I had a lot of starts. I have no idea how many. In 2019 with uh, AAA Nashville Sounds and Jet Bandy, remember oh, Jet yeah. Bandy? I sure do. Uh, he was, he was, yeah, he caught me most of those. And every single time after we got done uh, throwing the bullpen, I'd, you know, before a game, I'd walk up to him and, and uh, I'd say, hey, am I going to get somebody out? And he'd be like, yeah, man. You, you know, he's not very overly animated. So he was kind of playing to me like, yeah, yeah, you got this. And then one day I threw and I'm like, man, I don't know if my stuff's that good. And I walked down there and I was like, hey, am I going to get somebody out today? And he was like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and and it, from right then, I'm like, it wasn't just me. He knew it, too. And, you know, <laughs> I think the bullpen knew it, too. And, Pitchy coach was uh, is Brian Schaus for me, and so he oh, yeah. was, we we're talking Brian. You know, 
He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just see if we can get it on the ground. I was like, let's just every pitch is going to try to be a strike, and we'll just get the ball on the ground. And uh, actually, I think it was one of my better starts of the season. So uh, it's just something about that insecurity of going, oh no, I don't have it. Um, because sometimes you can be overconfident. You know, if the ball's coming out great, you're like, sweet, hit this, and then you leave it over the middle, and the guy does hit it. So um, yeah, I think for what I saw, like I as a, as a kind of the veteran of a lot of innings, throwing a lot of pitches, it looked like he just knew he didn't have his best stuff and he played accordingly and just lived on the edge. It's funny you bring up Brian Schouse because uh, I was talking to another friend of mine uh, and we were watching, I was watching Hobie Milder and I was like, man, who does he remind you of? Like, who is that guy? Maybe there's a former Brewer and I, I pinned it. I was just like, I think he's, I think he, he's Brian Schaus, same type of pitcher. And I don't know if you remember watching Brian Schaus pitch or not, but that's that's kind of who Milner reminds me of. I don't know if you've got anybody that he kind of reminds you of as far as uh, the way he throws, the way he pitches, and so forth. Well, Schausy and I, I mean, we were teammates in '08, and uh, yeah, later on, what eleven years later, he was my pitching coach. Um, but one thing with Schausy, he was in a time. And he pitched into his 40s. So yeah. anytime you can pitch into your 40s, you probably could and should. Um, with him, uh, he you know it was more of a, let's bring him in for one guy, one, a couple of lefties here and there. And Milner's in an age now where he has to face lefties and righties, and he's done well against both. But I, I looked up the other day just because, you know, his numbers have, are, are fantastic anyway. Um, I mean, he's got a sub-two ERA uh, just through his 70th appearance, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, so not only is he durable, he's good. Uh, had one small rough patch that for like two games months ago. But here's a kicker. This is what I loved. Um, and also he has a bunch of grounded into double plays, which doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you're a bullpen guy and you got seven grounded into double plays, like and some starters only have five or six, you know, it just shows that you're not afraid of contact. But here's the biggest one. He is not allowed a stolen base. Woo. In all of his appearances, he has not allowed a stolen base. So if I'm a team and I'm looking for a bullpen hand, a guy that's getting lefties out, the guy that's getting righties out, and he's keeping runners at bay, that's a big deal. And he's good, and all this stuff plays. His curveball's been exceptional, uh, by the way. But at the same time, like that to me is a complete player. Durable and doesn't you know controls the running game uh, and gets outs. Like that's that's all part of it. So. Um, yeah, I noticed that yesterday. I'm like, man, he hasn't given up a stolen base in 70 appearances. I don't know if anyone else even has something close to that. And it's funny because that game yesterday, we talked about Wainwright, and it, it was uh, doubles express yesterday uh, in that game. Sure. Back to back to back doubles. I'm watching like, goodness gracious. And Tyrone Taylor continues uh, to hit the ball pretty well, uh, too. And that kind of opened the door to Joey Weimer uh, getting optioned. Uh, and I don't... I guess I was kind of surprised. I mean, he's been here all year. I didn't see him getting optioned, you know, right before the end of the year in the playoffs starting. So I guess I was kind of surprised by that. What was your reaction? Um, I, I mean, I, he, it's probably what was best for him, you know, and I, I think they timed it in such a way where he can easily come back. And I, I honestly, I think he will. Um, but at the same time, if you're, you know, he was playing every day for a while. And when he started struggling, then he wasn't playing every day for a while, which is really tough on the player because then it's like, hey, here's your one shot in three days. Like, go do something great. And it's yep. like, well, and I, I think he was overmatched a little bit. And then that's okay. You know, you're young. It's the first time in the big leagues. And I thought he did a great job just hanging in there. Uh, but there, at the same time, it's you need a little bit of zone defense, right? You just need a little bit of zone defense in your brain of going, I don't have to do this all on my own. 
big league sometimes feels that way. So you go to the minor leagues and it ends up, you know, it's not a full court press anymore in your brain. You're like, all right, I can just relax and get back to my game uh, because you could kind of see it in some of his at-bats. Uh, he was pressing and, and guys were just pitching him like I would. I'd pitch him heaters up in the zone and sliders down and away. And um, yeah, they, you know, this is the big leagues. Like they're, everyone's job is geared towards getting out hitters. And that's all pitchers are designed to do. And they look for holes. And um, when you're not feeling well, uh, you know, comfortable at the plate, those holes get bigger. Got to bring up one other thing to you, and that's Uribe uh, getting into it um, with uh, Cardinals base runner. Was it Palacios? I think it was, whoever it was. Um, and, and then you saw, you know, uh, Monasterio come up and kind of push him from behind, like, dude, shut up. Come on, keep moving uh, away as he was kind of running his mouth as the guy, uh, you know, got out at first base. Uribe is a, a pretty emotional dude, and he's a younger guy. Uh, and I would assume this is something that is going to be talked about uh, by Craig Council to Uribe and, and to his teammates to kind of keep an eye on him because you don't want something stupid happening in a playoff game. Well, I, I mean, I think Council did address it a little bit in the post game, uh, just talking about he's an emotional pitcher, and he he said, but that's a that's a fine line to walk, you know. And um, I, I think too, like, like say you're a pitcher, you give up a home run, and you can be upset about it, and you can show emotion. Um, you know, a lot of times you've had pitching coaches that say, no, no, you got to be a robot out there. Well, not everybody's a robot and you, you have to, it, sometimes you got to let it out, but if it affects the next batter, that's the problem. So that's what they don't want. They don't want you, Hey, you make a mistake, fine, but don't let your emotions of that mistake affect what's about to happen. And then you, you know, something else happens. So I really love how Adamus ran in there and talked to him after he, uh, he walked a batter, then threw a pitch to the backstop. Adamus ran in there just to tell him, Hey, calm down. We got you. And, just to know your teammates, just to know your teammates of like, hey, I need to step in right here. Domus did that twice yesterday, and it worked both times, uh, him and Contreras kind of running into the pitcher. So, um, yeah, you, he's a young guy, he's a rookie, and he's been handed some big responsibility already this year. And so I think the big thing was him pitching back-to-back nights. When you pitch back-to-back nights, that second night, you feel like you have to throw harder, you have to be more perfect, uh, for whatever reason, maybe they go, oh, well, they already saw me once, so I got to do something different. And I think it, it's a good to hear someone that you trust come in and say, no, you do what you do and you don't have to do anything else exceptional or different. It's going to work what you have. He is Tim Dillard. Uh, check out Brewers Unfiltered, Adam McKelvey, Sophia Minard, and himself. Uh, what's coming up uh, on this week's podcast? Yeah, we're talking just about everything that we just talked about, I'm sure. And uh, uh, Adam McKelvey got he caught up with uh, Sal Freelich for like a, nice. a mini interview about 15 or 16 minutes of just, you know, kind of shooting the breeze when they had some downtime on the field. And um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You hear you, who knew he was such a big fall guy. And I don't mean fall, like fall down, but like fall as in, you know, what's coming up with the seasons. And I don't know, it's really cool. And I believe the word pumpkin spice was dropped. So yeah. anyway, should be an <laughs> Should be an interesting either way, however that goes. That pumpkin spice frosty at Wendy's, I'm telling you, is legit. Have one over the weekend, Tim Dillard. And when you said fall guy, I thought you meant the old TV show from back in the day. That's when you said fall guy. You yeah, probably, I, you remember that show? No. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember. Did it debut in the spring? I don't remember. I'm usually playing ball. So. No, fall guy was in the 80s, I want to say it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was back in the 80s. I'm old. Never mind. He is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Dim Tillard and uh, check out all of his great work. Valley Sports Wisconsin Brewers analyst. Tim, thanks so much. Uh, have fun in St. Louis, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Sparky. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.